You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Ironwood. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. It is a quiet time of the year, but teams are doing some installs through what they had just now with the OTAs and now mandatory minicamp around the corner later this month in June. We are into June, so that's a good thing to look at here in fantasy football here and we'll look at the play callers we've got through all nfc teams all 16 there telling you if there's any changes in who's calling plays whether it's the offensive minded head coach a coordinator a combination a collaboration of both so we want to see what that means for fantasy football what are the philosophies and schemes attached here to these teams and what does that mean in the end for the bottom line production that goes into fantasy football. So we'll do that for all the AFC teams. Some teams are status quo. Some have some big changes. And we want to break that down for you on today's show as we did with the NFC. So if you missed that show, check it out. Here we're going to move on with the AFC in a moment. But thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We're free and available to you on all platforms. All right, let's dive right in to the Baltimore Ravens. We're going in alphabetical order, so we'll start with Baltimore and with Tennessee and the Titans here on the show. So all 16 teams from the AFC in depth. Greg Roman remains your Ravens offensive coordinator. That means he's attached to Lamar Jackson. Big year ahead for Lamar Jackson. He's looking for that big contract extension. He's betting on himself, not in any rush to sign that deal. Is he fully committed? That's a question some Ravens fans have. But Ravens want to make it work. They're sticking with Greg Roman they're going to make a big contract offer at the time being. Of course, they want to get the deal done now, so then he's not at the top of the market if he has another big year. But if he has another big year, that means a lot of success for the Ravens and a potential contention for the AFC Championship. So Lamar Jackson, Greg Roman, it's old hat now. He knows the scheme pretty well. They moved on from Marquise Hollywood Brown. I think that was a addition by subtraction because he was a player that – Made occasional big plays, but they do have Rashad Bateman, some depth at wide receiver. They're pretty much a tight end throwing team. They had some depth there behind Mark Andrews. And they've had uh, quite a few speedsters coming through the passing game that they can trust without Hollywood Brown. So Ravens are going to stick to it. They're going to be run heavy. Greg Roman's going to love the fact that they'll have J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards back. The offensive line revamped as well with Tyler Linderbaum. So... And the Ravens want to run the ball, establish that, have Lamar play off that with his own brand of speed and quickness running game, and then throw it downfield occasionally. But they're more throw to the tight ends, use the seam, use the running game, and throw to the backs as well. That'll be a bigger factor here with Dobbins, a pretty good receiver. They were going to unfold that plan last year, but it got messy with Devonta Freeman and Latavius Murray and Le'Veon Bell. Some of the guys, they had, they had to rotate in through that backfield. So Ravens can more establish the offense they want. A little bit of change of pace there. Gus Edwards, a power back, Mr. Reliable there. You got Dobbins with the explosiveness and pass catching ability. So that's going to help the scheme. 
with the short to intermediate routes here playing for Lamar, but they're going to take their shots downfield. It's just going to be with Rashad Bateman and others this year, the second-year first-rounder versus uh, Hollywood Brown, a first-rounder in his own right now moving on to the Cardinals in that big trade with uh, them to move him to Kyler Murray. So a lot of the concepts you see with the Ravens are going to be in place and a good offense overall, we know that, because Tyler Huntley came in and produced pretty well. They're plugging in for Lamar Jackson. So good system, Jackson, and this running game, and the receivers will continue to benefit from that. All right, let's go from Baltimore to our other and only other B team in the AFC. That would be the Buffalo Bills. Tough hit here for Josh Allen, but they keep the continuity here with Ken Dorsey, the former Miami Hurricanes quarterback. He was a quarterback's coach there. He's had a lot of uh, good times they're trying to help young passers. He also was with the Panthers and on that staff. Previous to being in Buffalo, the Bills-Panthers, we know, have that connection with the general manager, Brandon Bean, coming from Carolina, as well as the defensive coordinator turn head coach, Sean McDermott. So you have Ken Dorsey, an extension of what Brian Dable did. So Dorsey takes over here, obviously, with McDermott and Leslie Frazier being on the defensive side of things. So Dorsey, I think he's going to keep things status quo as much as possible here for Josh Allen. Use his big arm to get the ball downfield. Different set of weapons. Instead of having Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley in key roles there to complement Stephon Diggs, now you have Gabriel Davis stepping up and becoming a regular player and Jameson Crowder, Mr. Reliable, short area slot receivers there. So you have replacements for those two guys. You also have a pass catching back in James Cook, a rookie they're out of Georgia, De- Dalvin's brother, to add an element there with the Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. So the bottom line of the Bills, they want to be as diversified as possible, but be aggressive looking for those big plays, taking advantage of their big armed quarterback hitter. So Dorsey's going to try to keep things together, but Dable did such a great job for multiple seasons, uh, making Josh Allen into an accurate and dangerous uh, downfield passer, but also a running threat. So Dorsey's going to try to pick up where he left off there and make this offense as explosive as it can be. And it's right up there with the Chiefs, I think, in the offenses you trust the most here in the AFC because the quarterbacks are what you're getting there. And We have uh, Josh Allen playing golf right now, but he'll get back to football soon enough. And Ken Dorsey's going to be a big part of that. The Bengals, another explosive offense. Uh, They have... uh, Brian Callahan, his father Bill, was the offensive line guru, was the head coach of the Raiders when they got to the Super Bowl. So he's got some good West Coast concepts so that uh, Sean McVay spillover comes there with Zach Taylor being the offensive-minded head coach. So Callahan and Taylor kind of make it a combined effort here to get the best out of Joe Burrow in this offense. So we saw it at a high level last year. Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, big years for both. Joe Burrow in the strong QB1 realm this year. Joe Mixon staying in a strong RB1 spot here. Good uh, use of personnel. Use directly what they need to get out of Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. They're going to change things up a little bit tight end, but you still have Hayden Hurst there to kind of replace C.J. Uzama. And you have Samaj Pirine in a receiving role when needed there to complement Mixon. So I think everything you see from the Bengals is going to be in place here for what they want to continue to do offensively. The big change here is an upgraded offensive line. You add Lael Collins here. That is going to make a difference. Alex Kappa. And you had Ted Karras. So three different starters here that are going to really help. Uh, Jonah Williams on the left side here. So 
the Bengals much improved offensive line. They're not now very respectable, and that's actually a strength there. So everything is at the disposal of Callahan and Taylor to get the most out of Cincinnati's offense. All right, the Browns, uh, Kevin Stefanski, there was some talk about him as the offensive body head coach, handing over to play calling duties to Alex Van Pelt, the former University of Pittsburgh quarterback. He worked with Aaron Rodgers, uh, played with the Bills uh, there. So history of the Bills there, and uh, also uh, was in the Packers' offensive system at one point. So a lot of West Coast concepts as well there. But Stefanski is going to be the guy calling the shots here for Deshaun Watson. So we'll see about the suspension, what comes down here for the personal conduct. But Stefanski is going to use the talents of Watson at a high level. It's interesting that they don't have Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry and a pivot from Baker Mayfield here, quarterback. Mayfield's on the team, but the Browns are going to push forward with what Deshaun Watson can give them best here. So it's interesting here that how much do they use his running ability to stretch the field, get the ball downfield, the primary deep threat right now is Donovan Peoples-Jones. Anthony Schwartz has some speed as well. But you're looking at uh, throwing a lot to David Njoku, a tight end. You have uh, Amari Cooper is a strong route runner, can be outside or inside for the quarterback. So a lot of uh, good things developing there. I, I think you see DPJ, Peoples-Jones, and Cooper being in a good spot here. So Browns, offense one to watch for sure with Watson in the mix to stretch the field and be more aggressive and getting that ball downfield. Uh, maybe you'll see a little bit more 12 personnel. There were David Njoku and Harrison Bryant with Austin Hooper gone at tight end. So a lot of things to mix it up, but I, I don't think they'll rein in Watson in terms of the running. That will be an element that they incorporate and a little bit more deep passing involved with Watson's accuracy and ability to buy time and get the ball downfield there as well. So they'll incorporate that to the basics, but we know the bread and butter is still Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the running game, and then even Dearness Johnson. The offensive line is still strong, so a lot of the stuff is going to be built naturally instead of forced here in the downfield passing game. All right, let's go to Denver. Big changes we know all around in Denver. they got a new quarterback there that they can trust in Russell Wilson. It's the Packers brain trust, their former Packers brain trust there that worked under Matt LaFleur. Nathaniel Hackett and Justin Outen, he was a tight ends coach. Hackett has confirmed he will call plays here. So, again, coming over from Green Bay, having that responsibility there. We know Green Bay's influence all across the league, including on their own team. But the Bears and and now the Broncos have adopted that here with Hackett and Outen. So, again, you'll see a lot of that concepts of trying to get the ball downfield, but also a good emphasis on the running game here. So that's going to be good for Javonta Williams. I know Melvin Gordon's still back in the mix, but Williams and the running game are going to set things up in the downfield passing game as much. So you could see in a situation where Javonta Williams come, becomes the Aaron Jones, and you have in that A.J. Dillon type role, you have Melvin Gordon as a veteran there. So interesting how you're going to bring in those parallels. And then Wilson, again, that running and picking good spots there, extending plays with his legs and trying to get the ball downfield. So then Cortland Sutton will get a little bit more Love that way, as well as Tim Patrick on the outside. Jerry Judy, you should see work a little bit more in the slot here, what we're used to. But uh, I think if anyone's going to step up as a Devontae Adams type in this offense here for the Broncos, uh, I think you look at Cortland Sutton has that capacity on the outside, but Tim Patrick might be a little bit more reliable there. So I think you're going to have a pretty balanced and diverse offense and getting a lot of people involved with the Broncos change. The offense coordinator timed with the acquisition of Russell Wilson, a quarterback. All right, we still need to talk about 11 teams in the AFC and set the table for who's calling their offensive plays here in 2020. 
two. Before we do that, I got to tell you more about Built Bar, and there's something exciting to tell you about. Built has delivered. We've asked them many times about it, but they're here. Built granola bars. Built granola bars come in three unbelievable flair, flavors here. Chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, and white chocolate berry. Want to try all three flavors? You can get a mixed box at Built.com right now. These are different from the bars and the puffs. The Built granola bars are loaded with granola. It's a perfect combination of crunch and chewiness, but just like the bars and puffs, these babies are packed with protein and covered in 100% real chocolate and with only 150 calories, but packed with 15 grams protein with only 4 grams sugar. Built granola bars will change your world. Built has cracked the code to better granola. They're the perfect healthy snack to pack in your lunch, take on the trail, or eat as a quick snack while on the go. And these uh, Built granola bars are built with collagen protein, which help you and your body absorb protein more efficiently, and it comes with tons of health benefits. So you've been waiting for a healthy, delicious granola bar to hit the market, especially for your adventures this summer. This is your time. Go to Built.com right now to check out the Built Granola Bars and get them. Three delicious flavors to try. Once again, chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, white chocolate berry. Don't miss out. you got to get in on Built Granola Bars today. Go to Built.com and get Built Granola Bars right now. Again, go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, let us continue to show looking at who the offensive coordinators are in the AFC. We will pick up with the Texans, and we're taking it all the way through the Titans in our three segments on today's show. We do have an important favor to ask you. We put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Lockdown Podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Lockdown Podcasts. Go to LockdownPodcast.com. Slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of ten $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Again, that's LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thanks for your help, and good luck with that chance to win that Ticketmaster gift card. All right, let us uh, dive right into the Texans. Uh, they're going with some pep. They're adding some pep in their step there for the Texans under Lovey Smith, elevated a head coach. They moved on from Tim Kelly there and uh, David Culley, and then two years, few more years than that, removed from Bill O'Brien. So they're going to Pep Hamilton. He had some stints in the alternative leagues for a while. We know early in his NFL career, he was there with. Andrew Luck there, Stanford connection there, going back to Jim Harbaugh. So Pep Hamilton, the signature of his offense is trying to get more pop downfield. And Andrew Luck, we saw that extending plays, using that big arm when Pep was working with him. So Davis Mills, that's what they're most impressed about. Mills can fling it anywhere downfield. So Davis Mills gets Pep Hamilton to uh, guide him a little bit. They're, they're high on what they have, but I don't think... They're skill players, so when you look at Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins, Chris Conley, they stack up as much. I do like the tight end, Brevin Jordan. I think you'll see him get involved in this offense a little bit more. He's an athletic guy out of Miami. And again, the running game is more going to set up the passing game. I think you'll see an offense that leans more passing game, and Davis Mills is going to get his opportunity to let loose and see what he has here. So again, not a lot that you love in the Texans running game. 
Damian Pierce, that's why you think the rookie has a chance to get some key touches with Rex Burkhead and Marlon Mack in the mix. So, again, I think this is going to end up being a passing offense and out of necessity, too, because the thing the Texans defense will still take some lumps here. They want to see what Mills has got to see if they need to dive headfirst into a quarterback in the first round of the 2023 draft. All right, let's go to the Colts. They have status quo here with Frank Reich and Marcus Brady combining there to take care of things on offense here with their new starting quarterback, Matt Ryan. You look at the comparison. We did have Nick Sirianni leave last year, so there's a bit of transition. But going back a couple years ago, Nick Sirianni and Frank Reich had the history of Phillip Rivers. I think that's where they look at with Matt Ryan. More traditional pocket passer, play off that strong running game, play action with Jonathan Taylor. Don't have improvised stuff that Carson Wentz would get in trouble with sometimes. Play off that a little bit. Matt Ryan can also bootleg, extend plays that way. But the running game is going to help set Matt Ryan up for some nice results here. And they have got some better receiving core news here. With Michael Pittman Jr., he can be a big target there inside or outside. Alec Pierce, a flying field stretcher here. Got Paris Campbell on the end. So looking for those more explosive plays here with speed and quickness playing off that Running game, they know their offensive line is pretty good. Left tackle is going to be a little bit of a concern here post-Eric Fisher, but overall this offensive line is pretty good. So they're going to try to keep Matt Ryan upright. Jonathan Taylor set the ball up here to throw to Pittman, Campbell, and Pierce here in 2022. So, again, Colts, pretty simple offense to read. They're going to cater to the strengths of their quarterback, but they're often better when that quarterback is more traditional pocket passing as we've seen versus, again, Wentz didn't quite fit last year playing off that, and uh, he's just a hard guy to fit in where I think Matt Ryan is going to fit well in the system. Keep in mind, however, it takes Matt Ryan a couple years to totally engross himself in a system, but I think this one is so quarterback-friendly with the line and the running game that you'll see some results in the downfield passing game. All right, let's uh, move on to Jacksonville, our third uh, AFC South team we're discussing in this segment. Now, Doug Peterson comes over. We know a couple of things about Doug Peterson going back. He likes to incorporate the big play playing off the running game. So that's going to help a little bit with Jacksonville. Maybe looking for Christian Kirk to have an impact. Zay Jones, they're two uh, new veteran receivers in the mix here. So Trevor Lawrence, uh, there's some similarities between a young Lawrence and a young Carson Wentz there with his big, strong arm and athleticism. So they're going to try to push it here more downfield with Christian Kirk. Marvin Jones Jr. still in the mix, but more maybe limited uh, possession guy that plays off these guys, maybe spread the field and stretch the field a little bit more for the Jaguars. And I think with the running game, you'll see pretty much Travis Etienne healthy back from his injury. James Robinson coming off a big injury. They're going to feel it a little bit. It can turn into a committee here where the Jaguars are very situational with Doug Peterson. So Peterson, what you're going to get is a little bit of everything. And I think this is also good news for the tight ends. Uh, Dan Arnold and Evan Ingram, they like to use the 12 personnel as well. We saw in the past with Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. So, again, and before that, he had Trey Burton in the mix. So, good mix of personnel here. I think the Jaguars, as much as they would like 11 personnel out there for Lawrence, I think 12 is going to work a little bit better for them to give them uh, two wide receivers and two tight ends. So, a lot of different concepts, but again, Running back is going to be kind of a hot hand committee thing, situational. So I could definitely see it where Etienne is more the third rounder, third down back, I should say. And it's kind of a settling there as a first rounder. Didn't play at all last year with a knee injury. And they need to be complimentary because, again, Robinson and Etienne are coming off injury. So that would be the first thing I look for. The Jaguars split touches here in the backfield. 
All right, the next uh, team is the Chiefs, and uh, nothing really changes with the Chiefs, it seems like. Eric Bannemi still on the staff here. Andy Reid, they lose Mike Kafka, which is a key element here. He was the quarterback's coach, uh, was kind of the right-hand person with Patrick Mahomes from this coaching staff. So that'll be an adjustment here. But Reid Bannemi, veteran coaches, they know exactly what they're doing. They know what to get out of their system. A little bit to have to be creative now without Tyree Kill. So a big play element in terms of a veteran experience guy's gone, but they got Sky Moore out of Western Michigan. They got Judas Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scanling. So I think it'll be more diverse here in the passing game, playing off Travis Kelsey here. The season now with the running game, they should be more committed there. But Clyde Edwards-Alaire makes a lot of sense to have a key role. Ronald Jones is not much of a pass catcher, so you might see Edwards-Alaire, that part of his game, kind of come more to fruition here in the NFL in that situation. So, Reed the enemy. They're going to get Patrick Mahomes in the best position to succeed. Get the ball downfield, have another big year. But also, I think this is a good chance to get Edward Delaire back on track here in 2022. All right, let's go to the Raiders. And they've got a big change here. This is the massive uh, philosophy shift here where Josh McDaniels finally leaves New England for another job that isn't the Broncos. So, back in the... AFC West, after more than a decade, he's helped by Mick Lombardi in this offense. So uh, looking at it, the Patriots uh, offense comes over here. So what does that tell you right away? Already some question marks in the backfield between Josh Jacobs and Kenny Drake and the rookie Zamir White. Who's going to carry the feature load there? We're going to have to see. I think it could be a split up like we've seen with McDaniels do frustratingly so with the Patriots for all those years. They're going to try to make Devontae Adams the dominant go-to guy. Hunter Renfro will play off that. We know McDaniels has great influence on slot receivers as well. So Darren Waller, the tight end, we know there's history there with Rob Gronkowski. So it's a great situation for Adams, Renfro, and Waller based on how they profile in the history of where McDaniels was with the Patriots. So looking forward to it. I think the Raiders will be very dangerous here this season. Their offensive line is a little bit suspect, but if they can uh, – Help that out a little bit, get some inline blocking, support it, uh, do some double teams. They can do anything they want downfield with their big three, which is now Adams, Renfro, and Waller playing off Derek Carr here in 2022. But again, watch for Zamir White and a potential big role coming. All right, we go from one Lombardi Mick in the AFC West to Los Angeles, where Joe Lombardi is, and he's the offensive coordinator. He's established himself in year two. He took over from Stane Steichen, Anthony Lynn, that era, two offensive-minded guys. But Joe Lombardi, we know, has ties to Sean Payton. He, he had a big year out of Justin Herbert. So I think you'll see better short-term intermediate accuracy from Herbert playing off that. Just that'll parlay into downfield deep ball accuracy. He makes good use of Austin Eckler well. That's kind of the Alvin Kamara type in this offense. But now they have an extra power element there in Isaiah Spiller to help them on early down. So that's going to add another element to Lombardi's offense. He can do what he wants with the wide receivers with Mike Williams back here with Jalen Guyton. And there are other receivers here to compliment Keenan Allen. And you got an opportunity here at the tight end with Gerald Everett coming over to upgrade from uh, Jared Cook. I think Everett has some upside if they would use him in the right way. But Joe Lombardi, again, is trying to mix the downfield aggressiveness and uh, strong arm of Justin Herbert, but also keep that short-term immediate efficiency going there as well to make him a complete quarterback. So that's what you'll see. I think in second full year with Lombardi, you'll see even better results, maybe potential MVP-type numbers here put up by Justin Herbert and uh, cutting down those interceptions being more efficient here in 2022. 
All right, that takes care of looking at 11 teams and who's calling plays for them in the AFC. We've got five more to go through. The Dolphins, Patriots, Jets, Steelers, and Titans here on the show. Again, if you missed the NFC one, that's up for you right now. It is a big time of year in the NHL. We're into the conference uh, finals here. There with uh, the Avalanche and Oilers. A great matchup there featuring uh, Connor McDavid. Then you have the Rangers and the defending Stanley Cup champion Lightning. So that's going on. Plus, we know what's going on in the NBA. We're here to the NBA Finals. Warriors and Celtics. Well, the best place to get in all this action here with the basketball playoffs, hockey playoffs, Major League Baseball going in full swing, UFC, combat, and even next season's NFL Futures, you can find them with our partners at BetOnline.com. They continue to be the number one source for all your bidding needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including what we mentioned for the playoffs and futures here coming up in the NFL. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use a mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, it is time to close the show looking at uh, five more situations with AFC offense coordinators slash play callers here for this upcoming season. We talked about Josh McDaniels, and now it's time to talk about Mike McDaniel, singular here. He's another big hotshot offensive coordinator on a new team this year. He is the latest Kyle Shannon project. We had Matt LaFleur, we had Mike LaFleur branch out from this offense and uh, try to spread the gospel of it. Well, now the Dolphins can tap into it with a very smart coach there, Mike McDaniel. He's astute. He's going to use analytics to his favor, but also his gut and figure out what he's going to do here. But high hopes for this offense for sure when you look at all the things that the Dolphins have thought about in this backfield. So, yeah, Chase Edmonds. So they have a dedicated back that they can give the ball a little bit more to here. Jalen Waddle would step in to maybe a bit of a Debo Samuel type role with his uh, versatility. Same thing with Tyreek Hill. There with his field stretching, that's the element he'll give them a little bit uh, versus what Jalen Waddle will. Waddle's more quickness open field while Hill's a straight-up speedster. He also has that slot interior speed as well. So he's going to get the ball in the hands of his playmakers. And the other guy that you can't forget is Mike Isaki, tight end. You look at the parallels, you have Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle. Here, in similar way, you have uh, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill and Mike Isaki. So these are concepts that are going to be worked in. The running game is going to be a big part of what they do. The zone blocking, they went out and upgraded there with Teron Armistead and Connor Williams up front. So the zone blocking athleticism is going to play well in the Chase Edmonds ability here. But uh, definitely looking at the Dolphins here. Also Sonny Michelle in the mix. They're having a little bit more power sensibility here overall, but also some explosiveness, versatility from this uh, running game. So Mike McDaniel is a bright offensive mind. He's going to fix a lot of things, much like McDaniel's going over the Raiders and maximizing the talent and the skill set of these players, paralleling to what they're used to with success. That's what you're going to see from McDaniels and McDaniel here in 2022. The Patriots are still trying to figure out who their offensive play caller is. Bill Belichick is rumored to have some influence on this uh, there. But Joe Judge, a former college quarterback, he was a special teams guy. Matt Patricia was once the defensive coordinator. So they're kind of working together kind of quality control, figure out the best way to call plays for Mac Jones here. I figured it's still going to be run heavy here with Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. The offensive line is one of the better units up front in the league, especially blocking there in the rushing attack. So a lot of good things lining up here for 
the Patriots, uh, it's just a matter of who's going to actually call the plays. But Judge and Patricia, as well as Belichick, is going to have a big influence on there. So Mac Jones, they want to stretch the field a little bit more. Added some speed, definitely in the draft, and uh, Tyquan Thornton. And they also have uh, Devontae Parker now. So maybe a more of the outside passing game will come to fruition here. But still, everything's set up downfield for Mac Jones with the running game and the offensive line. And also having the versatility with the 12 personnel with Hunter Henry and Jonah Smith there. So the Patriots can throw a lot at, but they're equipped for all kinds of different situations a little bit better than they were last year, despite not having McDaniels this year. All right. For the Jets, we mentioned uh, the other LaFleur. Yeah, he's their offense coordinator here under Robert Sala. So the 49ers brain trust is there. Watch out. I think you're going to see a lot of good things here. I think Brees Hall is probably going to be the leading rusher here, but you'll also see... A little bit of a Michael Carter there. So mix in in the passing situation type production here. So really like overall what you get from the Jets uh, developing here. And they have to be happy now that they have the three receivers they can trust. Now Corey Davis and Elijah Moore are helped by the first rounder Garrett Wilson. You have a pretty good offensive line that has some athleticism. With Makai Becton now joined by Lakin Tomlinson and Elijah Vera Tucker also there. So... Really like this uh, offensive line of the athleticism and get the George Fant uh, again. He was a third tackle there. Now he settled in as the right tackle uh, coming over from Seattle just a couple years ago. So the Jets' offense really can be scary. It really comes down to Zach Wilson executing. The receivers are there for the 11 personnel. They've got the 12 personnel when needed with CJ Uzama and Tyler Conklin. We've talked about that, but however they want to approach it here, versatility, different looks, make sure they can be effective running the ball. And throwing downfield, I think that's all going to come into play here for the Jets. I think this offense has a very high ceiling and that you'll be seeing a pretty high floor develop here pretty soon here if Zach Wilson is fully healthy and kind of delivering. And I think that's every indication that you'll see a much better Zach Wilson here in year two. All right, for the Steelers, you have Matt Canada. So blame Canada if things go wrong with the Steelers offense. But you can also praise Canada because now he has a more downfield accurate throwing arm there whether it's Mitchell Trubisky or Kenny Pickett. So Kenny Pickett's starting slow, but he's gotten every opportunity here to take the starting job by the time camps rolls around. It's typical to put the rookie number three here, but Matt Canada wants to push the ball downfield. That's why you had Calvin Austin. That's why you had George Pickens. That's why Chase Claypool is a big part of what they do. So again, Najee Harris, a lot of that pounding, 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 and throwing downfield. A little bit of that Washington commander, Scott Turner field that they want here with Matt Canada. So... Too much of the dinking and dunking has happened. Deontay Johnson, a pretty decent field stretcher, were called upon as well. So we get Johnson, Claypool, Pickens, and Austin there. Then Harris just being a good traditional power back there with a great strength. You look at the way he is now, he's kind of become the bus light Jerome Bettis with his uh, tree trunk legs and all that. So they're using the running game again, traditional old school power running game set up the downfield pass game. That could curb Harris's use a little bit in the passing game. With all these mouths to feed here, there. But Pat Freemuth, a tight end, also someone can come into play. But a team that's probably going to use more 11 personnel than trusting the tight ends as much here. So, again, Steelers have a lot of good concepts that they couldn't quite execute because Ben Roethlisberger's arm wasn't up to task. But now that can change here with Canada in the mix. And finally, you go to the Titans. Uh, they've uh, been without Arthur Smith now for a season. The Falcons' uh, head coach and offensive-minded play caller there. So they have Todd Downing still. Is a man doing the play calling here for Derrick Henry, but how does he deal with Derrick Henry wearing down a little bit? Are they going to diversify the passing game a little bit without A.J. Brown? How much do they trust Traylon Burks? There's talk about getting more creative ways to have other people run the ball. Traylon Burks 
catching a lot of the volume that was lost by A.J. Brown, but also getting opportunities there in that Debo Samuel hybrid role to play off the running game a little bit, create some more relief here for Derrick Henry, as well as Hassan Haskins, the rookie out of Michigan, a straight-up power back here that they can plug in there. So Titans have to be a little bit creative here. Austin Hooper, tight end, is another newcomer here. But uh, Todd Downing is still going to make this offense about pounding a healthy Henry as much as possible, setting it up. Ryan Tannehill to be very effective on play action. Tannehill is going to have to do that here to make sure that the rookie Malik Willis doesn't see any action here for Tennessee in 2022. All right, there you have it. There's a breakdown of who's calling the plays for all 16 AFC teams here on Locked On Fantasy Football. Thanks for making us your first listen today. Now make your second listen to Locked On NFL Podcast. Our national NFL experts and insiders keep fans tuned in with the biggest stories and the latest news from all around the league. Because an offseason doesn't equal break in the action. Follow Locked on NFL every day on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So that's just like you can find our show here. A programming reminder, we will be having a few fewer shows here in June as we go a bit dark and wait for training camp to arrive here and rev up our fantasy football talk. But again, just a fewer shows in June, but we'll pack them with a lot of good stuff. And that'll be the case for our next show there as we close the week we'll look at uh, the new offenses that we trust the most the most improved offenses in the nfl we're going to look at that to cap the week with our final show on friday so taking thursday off but uh, we'll come back there and do that here for you so fewer shows this month but again we'll get you all the information advanced scouting you need for locked on fantasy football all throughout the offseason and help you dominate your fantasy football draft for locked on fantasy football this has been Vinny Iyer. have a great day and check you out friday with our new show, ranking the most improved offenses in the NFL. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.